Welcome. This is Karen Motokaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. All right, you all, if you haven't seen this documentary I'm going to talk about before I talk about the show, it may have been one of the best things I've seen on television. Or I just felt really good afterwards. And so I just am so delighted I want to share with you. So for all of you 80s kids, the must-see, and I don't know if you can get it in other parts of the world with Netflix, because I know Netflix has their own list of shows in different country. But on Netflix in the US is this documentary called The Greatest Night in Pop. And watch it. I'd heard about it a couple weeks ago when I was in Southern California and somebody had shared it with me and told me about it. And I still wanted, and he told me all about it, gave me spoiler alerts and everything, which I will not do here. But he gave me all these spoiler alerts and it was still worthwhile to watch. It was a great piece to watch and for so many reasons. And that's what I want to talk about it. So if you haven't seen it, or if you have, you can look through this lens that I am looking through when I saw this show. So The Greatest Night in Pop is about the behind the scenes of the making of the song, We Are the World. And my key takeaways, my insights, the things that I want my clients to remember, because so often they're struggling with like, there's a right way, there's a wrong way, am I doing it wrong? Or, you know, they they feel like they're doing things outside of the box. They should be doing it this way. Notice that word should. And this documentary is great because it shows that there are different ways to create. There's not one right way or wrong way. There's all these different musicians and there's different ways of how they write lyrics and how they live their lives and how they sing or their artistic style. And that's so important because we forget that our uniqueness about ourselves and being in our own authenticity and in our own integrity. The other insight that I had from this documentary was the relationships matter, right? How important relationships are. And this is something that also comes up with clients. You know, we're in this world of scalable and shareholder distributions and what's in it for me, but we forget about people. It's the human experience and people and people matter. And then how do we have the constraints and the boundaries around all of that? But relationships matter. And this is a great example of relationships mattering and how do we rise up and rise together. And then that leads me to the power with versus power over. And so a power over would have been, this would be dictated to, and maybe some people did feel pressure that they needed to do it because Quincy Jones was a part of it or Lionel Richie was a part of it, or, and maybe they felt that power over what was presented, again, what was presented in the documentary was more of a power with. There was a bit of FOMO. There was one person that was maybe concerned about not doing it or doing it with other people involved was going to be make it a hit, right? So there's FOMO or ego involved. And of course, there's a lot of egos in the room because these are some of the best musicians out there. But I want to go back to this idea of power with versus power over. 
And one of the things that I work on with my clients is about getting into their authentic power. So it's about power with, because power is not a bad thing. It's how we use power. And often we use power over where we oppress people, we take away their agency and where people let us do that, like, right, where people will defer to us in that situation. And that never feels good. And Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968 defined power in a speech as the ability to achieve purpose and affect change. And when I think about The Greatest Night in Pop, their coming together was about this. It's for those of us that are struggling with like, how do we deal with power? And we don't want power to be bad. Corinne's talking about authentic power, which I'm going to be talking a lot more about this coming year. But it's this idea of what Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. defined in his speech and back in 1968 is power as the ability to achieve purpose and affect change. And for those of you who then get into these big, hairy, audacious goals, and it's like, well, I can only affect change if I'm Martin Luther King Jr. and doing this, or if I'm only one of the artists in The Greatest Night of Pop, I'm going to be doing another show about your influence and your ability and be careful of thinking of how it needs to scale going back to relationships mattering, but that'll be in another show coming up. So the other thing on The Greatest Night of Pop is the complexities of humans. One of the key players and artists in there is Michael Jackson. And he's an amazing songwriter, singer, musician. And he's really complex because of the things that he has done to people and using his own power and power over, right, into children. And it's not okay. The easy thing to do is say, he's a bad person, so I need to cancel him and not listen to this music. And this is the complexities of life. He did some really bad, horrendous things to people and really hurt people. And it's very traumatic. And he created this beautiful song with other artists. That is the complexities of humans in life. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying that it's all of that. So the greatest night of pop, go watch it. (laughs) If you're an 80s kid, it was fun to go back to. Now I know who all the different voices are when I listen to it, because of course I'm listening to it on repeat because that's how I listen to music. But it's great. And this leads us to a great segue into today's show about being 18 again. And the reason I bring up this being 18 again is because today <laughs> I had clients mention to me how wonderful it would be to be a freshman in college again and how they would do things so differently. Here's the interesting thing. This wasn't a group coaching session where the idea was rolling. It was individual sessions where the topic came up. And here's the thing. These folks, they're both smart, high achieving, high performing individuals. And yet each had a separate fantasy about going back in time and redoing it. And it was a fleeting fantasy. We didn't spend a whole lot of time about it, but it's there. And they thought, gosh, with what I know now, and if I can go back and be 18, that seems like an innocent thought and an innocent story. But I do think it's one of the death by a thousand cuts and it can impact our mindset because we can then start to live from regret and disappointment And we want to argue with reality and go back and change. And I've done it. I'm not judging. I've done this, right? I think it's human nature and I've done it, but it distracts us. One of my clients said, gosh, it would be great to not have just, quote, survived in college and worked really hard in those engineering classes just because I need to get a job. But I wish I used that time to learn. 
Well, now that we're in midlife, those things that we now realize are so valuable, we can do now. It's time's not wasted. And it's sometimes having that experience in the other way helps us get to this insights of what we currently know. And we had to go through that path, unfortunately. And yes, it's easy to say after we do something, oh, this is the way we should have done it, right? There's that great old word should. The problem is, is that it's like when you're going hiking in in a trail, you may have this idea of the way it's supposed to go in the path, but it's not until you get there and then the road back becomes so much clearer. That is part of the journey, right? So it's easy to say that we should have done it a different way once we go through this journey, but you're not going to know until you go through it. So then it's about taking those insights, the awareness, your own self-awareness of what works for you versus what other people told you, and then using those experiences to move forward in your own life. The other aspect that becomes important in this is think about when you were 18, what was your awareness like? What was your knowledge? I mean, I was interested in boys or young men, you know, swimming, having fun with friends. A lot of the stuff was like on the shallows and it was, it was fun and it was topical. And I thought that was kind of the key. And as I've grown and as I've had heartache and falling down moments, it's helped me get clear about what's more and more important and what's less important. But my 18-year-old self, I had different priorities. I had different constraints. I was in more survival mode than I am now with my compassionate mindset mostly. Still can go into survival mode, but I really work on practicing living coming from a place of a compassionate mindset. But back when I was 18, I didn't know that. I used fear and procrastination, right, as the way to help me achieve. So when we were 18, think about what your mindset was. And then think about like the reality of really going back and doing it differently, right? We've had all these different experiences. And for me, I mean, 18 is 32 years ago, 33 years ago. What I've learned in all of those experiences is invaluable. And I needed to go through it to get me here. And again, both these clients are in their midlife, right? One's my age and one's a little bit younger. So it's not, you know, we're not saying, oh, we're 25 and going back to 18. But again, I, I even know a 23-year-old that's like, gosh, if I could just be 18 again, wouldn't that be fantastic, right? With what I know. And instead, what we want to ask ourselves is now with what I know, what do I want to do moving forward? And that's a really vulnerable question. Like I felt my tummy drop a bit, like, oh, there's that space. With what I know, what do I want to do moving forward? With what I know, who do I want to be moving forward? And I'm not saying be a chameleon, but who do you want to be? Who are you moving forward? You know, hopefully the answer is you want to be more of you and less of what you've been socialized to be. As we live this life, and I love Mary Oliver's quote of, you know, what are you wanting to do with this one precious life? All we have is right now. And I had a friend who had read The Power of Now maybe about six months ago, and he had texted me and said, he reread it, and it meant more to him this time around than 20 years ago, and he understood it. Again, I think that 20-year gap allowed him to grow and nourish, and he could be able to see things. 
And that's also the beauty like I have when I reread books, when I rewatch things, whether they're, you know, work trainings or TV shows or films or whatever, that's circling back and being able to see it through the lens that I now see the world through, right? Which hopefully is a compassionate lens and more of a growth mindset lens. And not that I don't have a fixed mindset lens and not that I don't have shame shields up of, you know, going gladiator or any of that, right? I'm a flawed and imperfect human, but I have a different lens that I look through life than I did when I was 18. My lens sometimes at 18 was much more idealistic. There's a lot more magical thinking you know, not that I don't have magical thinking now, but a lot more because I was very idealistic at 18 and there was a lot of survivor and there was a lot of unknown. But all we have today is right now. And we have our learnings, our insights, our experience, the relationships in our lives that we've cultivated, the relationships in our lives that we've lost. That's what we have. And one of the things I want to share with you is nothing is wasted as it was all part of our journey and has taught us about ourselves, given us skill sets that we can use in our current life. So an example of what this means is I remember back, probably started rumbling with this in the late nineties and through the you know, early two thousands, it was like, oh, I've got this great job. It's the golden handcuffs, right? I had this job that my 11-year-old self would be so happy with because I was tenured, I made good money, I had benefits, total job security, got to teach, became one of the first online professors in the state of California, right? I was doing all the stuff, but it wasn't the job that I wanted. And I remember thinking like, oh, I made the wrong choice. (laughs) If only I could have gone back after, you know, while I was in college and chosen a different path right? It was like this very right or wrong, very fixed mindset thinking. Because I thought all I can do is teach swimming. And then to top it off, like I had invested a lot in this, right? I had my undergrad, but more importantly, I went and got my master's degree right after undergraduate because I knew that I needed at that time in my life to have a master's degree so that I could be hired in a position like I had. So I got it. Like I achieved and I climbed this tall ladder of success at a very young age. I was like 29 when I was tenured. And I didn't want it all to be a waste. I didn't want to waste time. I didn't want to waste the money because, oh, now I'm going to go on a different track. And I was always fascinated with people that did something and then went off and did something else. It's like, how can you do that? Some people call it reinventing yourself. But I thought, this is all that I can do. And I should stay here and do this job for the next 30 years because this is as good as it gets. And if you've been around my show for a long time, you've heard me and my thoughts about that. I'll just share real quickly. I do not like as good as it gets. I remember the movie with Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson. It's one of the movies back then I liked most movies and I did not like that one. And I think it was that settling did not sit well with me. And probably when that movie was out, I was settling in my own life. I was doing what I was supposed to do and what my 11 year old self wanted, but I wasn't doing what I wanted. In that limited mindset, that fixed mindset of like, all I can do is teach swimming. Again, that didn't help me explore. What else could I do? What I know now, after being in business for myself for a long time, is that knowing how to teach swimming was a skill set of being able to teach people and being able to help people overcome their own fears, their own shame, and creating the results that they want. It's what I do every day with my clients. It's what I do on the show. 
right? The master's degree, yes, it was indeed a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of written papers, a graduate project that I had to do. And it helped me get to that next chapter of my life, which was the full-time job at the college. It wasn't a waste. It got me there so that I could build my capacity for this chapter that I've been in. And really, it's, it's not even a chapter. It's like, if you have a, a book that has different sections, I'm, the section that I've been in as a leadership coach, right? As a podcaster, as a having my own company. So that master's degree, while it's not necessarily transferable here, it allowed me to get to this next section in the book of my life. And here's the thing, my life, the good and the bad, and yes, my clients who are listening right now, their ears are ringing because we don't typically call things good and bad because that can be a fixed mindset. So let's reframe it. The amazingness of my life and the shit shows and everything in between is a product of my life on this planet. It's experience. All of that stuff, the hardships that I went through have taken me down, helped get me stronger. I've risen up, sometimes using adrenaline, sometimes using FU energy. I've learned how to be more compassionate because of it. I've learned how to be resilient because of it. And it's the amazingness and the shit shows and everything in between. So the next time you want to be 18 or whatever that age is or whatever that time period in your life, remember, we're arguing with reality. And as Byron Katie says, when you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. I'm going to say that again. When you argue with reality, you lose, but only 100% of the time. And I don't know about you, but I like to win. I don't like to lose. I'm willing to fall down. I'm willing to get scraped up. I'm willing to have really hard days, weeks, months, but I really don't want to lose. I want to win in the long run. So let's not argue with reality about going back to being 18 or whatever that time period of your life is. And instead, take what we know now and use our brain juice, energy, and compassion for ourselves to create the next chapter in this precious life we are all living. I'm smiling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short, they're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life. Because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night because 
it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.